Jonathan, um, does this outfit make me sound nasally? <laughs> what? No. Uh, you do sound a little scratchy. I know uh, you're getting over a bout That's of... what I wanted to just enter the show. I, I just wanted to talk about this. Put it up top mm-hmm. so that people don't make fun of me in my voice oh. this episode. And how I sound funny. Like, like uh, Rudolph when he has his cap on his nose. Oh... It's because I've had I've been sick. You have been sick. We were going to record a video review of the wonderful products I from know. Ship to Shore Phono Company, Phono Co. Like their lovely records, like the Celeste record and the that knocker blockers. Knock blocking, knock blocking, knock blocking records. But we haven't been able to do it. You've been sick. This is the uh, first time we're getting back together in a little bit because you've been sick. We'll do it next time. And how are you feeling now, Tanya? I'm Everyone f- wants to know. I'm feeling physically interesting. Um, <laughs> reco- that- recovering and mm-hmm. also just sort of buzzing. I don't know. It's been a weird time. But I also have to say our editor has been sick too. I know. A lot of sickness going around. A lot of bad times. A lot of... Bad feelings. Let's talk about it. Sometimes you just feel bad. You just feel so bad. What are you going to do? You're feeling sick, maybe. You're maybe feeling sick of the world because it sucks again. Tanya, what do you do when you feel bad? Oh, you know how I feel about when you put me on the spot. Oh, That's yeah. what makes me feel bad. <laughs> you hate that. You hate I the, do. The direct question. Question. And you feel like this got to be a like right I've answer. Say, I've got to have a what am I going to do for the I know. I've, we've had, I've, I've chastised you and admonished Chast- you for this. You've whipped me. You've, no, you've I put haven't. me in a chastity belt. No. And you said, no, no. No more fun for you. Yeah. You, your fun is to ask people questions to put them on the spot. Well, here's the thing. We all are so sad that we don't have all the answers, you know? I definitely don't. Ugh. I was going to answer what the truth was. Yeah. And it's something everybody already knows. What's that? I pole dance. <laughs> when you feel bad. Yeah, that's what I do when I feel bad. I was going to say something else, but I can't on the show. Oh, something something Randy? Something <laughs> something Mike Myers, a famous comedian might say? No. About sexiness or something? No, no. No? It wasn't a Mike Myers style joke? No, I can't actually say it Whoa, on the show. This is the, the my white whale now. No, this I'm, I'm my... blushing. I can't oh, say it blushing. on the This is my Moby Dick. Is it bleh? Were you just going to say bleh? But bleh. I, I take a ride in my car and I listen to my favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> is it farts? No. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> you don't fart to feel better? Everybody farts to feel better, but not as a hobby. You'd be surprised. Oh, Daniel, don't make this into a song. <laughs> <laughs> another episode of talking to women about video games i'm joined again by tanya it is i thank you for being here i'm jonathan we're gonna talk together about video games we've got two sets of guests three guests total and a rare pair of guests a rare pairing a rare pairing pairing of guests yes two guests at once even i was shocked i know i was like jonathan doesn't do this i never do that i did that with the girls from transparency the youtube channel fantastic youtube channel we also have megan fox Creator of Skatebird on in a little bit. First, we're going to try to figure out what the theme of this show is going to be. I think I think it might be loose lips. Sink ships? <laughs> yeah. Or change lives. A good loose lip can really brighten your day, change your life, give you some information that maybe you've wanted for 20 years. What? 30 years. 40 We're just listing. We're just going by decades into the year count. So the biggest news for me in this extremely, for me, anticlimactic news cycle 
There was a little bit more not E3 news since last time we did the show. A little bit of stuff about this and that. Microsoft talking about Minecraft and stuff. But then it just kind of died again. Nintendo still hasn't had a big show. They talked about this game called Fire Emblem Three Hopes. Fire Emblem Three Hopes. Yep. And another one called Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Number three. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really cares. They're, these are games with really attractive, clean-looking people. Not quite realistic. Looking more like a good drawing moving around a little bit. Hmm. Yeah. Like like the uh, Take On Me video by AHA? A little bit like that. Whoa, did I really? A little? Well, no. But <laughs> not totally not like it. Very clean, very pretty guys with great skin, except these guys are in color. And they're clearly made out of polygons. But they look like a little bit like a good manga drawing. Hmm. Some anime. People, people call them anime. I don't really like that term, anime, though. Because what does it mean? What does anime mean? Animated? I know, exactly. A lot of ways to animate things. Anime is the word for cartoons that came out of Japan. But Oh, I didn't know that was just, the definition. I, I just, I, maybe it is. That's the one I grew up with. But there's a whole lot of different kinds of cartoons coming out of Japan. Yeah, that's so, for sure. You look like Astro Boy. You seen him? I think you've shown it to me. He looks kind of like Mickey Mouse almost. He's like yes. big hands, big feet, big eyes. Big hair? Yeah, big spiky hair. Spiky hair, yeah. He's got gun butt. He's got a he's got a gun that comes out of his ass. Cheeks. Not the hole. Which Okay, I was really actually asking that question in my head. Of course you were. And was sort of like, do I ask that out loud? <laughs> I, I could read your mind on that one. And it's a natural thing to wonder. No, it was like a kid's cartoon and they were like, but butt cheeks. His butt cheeks will uh, open up. Butt guns. Yep. And then if I'm remembering, this isn't just a dream. And oh, let me quickly tell you about this dream I had. I had a dream that they were going to make Scarface the video game. Oh. <laughs> and they got Johnny Depp to do the voice of Scarface and Helen Mirren to play his girlfriend, who I think in the movie is played by uh, Michelle Pfeiffer or something. And Johnny Depp is, they, they, in my dream, I'm watching a YouTube video of the making of the Scarface video game, which is Gosh, all... Gosh, it's not even, you don't even dream about, okay, so number one, it, it's something that didn't happen to you. No. It's a movie. But it can't just be a movie. It has to be a YouTube video about the making of the movie. It's, it's actually a video game of the movie. Oh, 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 it's even <laughs> more. <laughs> and there was, I think, a Scarface video game for like PS2 that was bad. Mm. Uh, but this was a new one, like the new Scarface video game for Facebook. So you like click for on Facebook. houses and like turn them into cocaine houses or something. It wasn't going to be a good game. And they had Johnny Depp in there and he's like, what do you want to do about uh, all the cocaine? I'm a real gangster type. I uh, like to make a lot of money. My name is Scarface. Bada bing. And I was like, that's what? not, that's not, that's not. It's not the voice <laughs> or, the, or the way. Not, not even the right stereotype. I mean, they got Al Pacino to do, uh, he Did, played They sh probably should have gotten Chris Pratt to do it. Oh yeah, like his Mario voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is a real dream I had before I knew about the news that the director or the producer of the Mario movie at Illumination said Chris Pratt's voice is not offensive to an Italian-American because I am an Italian-American and I am not offended. So please watch my movie. Just the least hype, least endorse, least credible endorsement, least hype-worthy hyping. I was unhyped is my point. Yeah, you weren't into it. No, I did not think, well, now this movie's going to be good because this guy said Italian-Americans will not be offended because I was not. And I made the movie also, so trust me. Did not walk away excited. I... I no? I, you excited? I, no, no. No? I just want to know what the voice is. I know. At this point, how can the voice live up to the suspense of not knowing? They could have just had Chris Pratt be like, I'm going to do it like this. Hey, it's me, Mario. And people would be like, okay, it's just going to do the Chris or Pratt. Or he could have just not called it out at all. I know. he. That's It was created by him. Yeah. This whole thing of like, oh shit, what's this motherfucker going to do for a voice? Because he did that stupid post. He did a YouTube video like, that almost seems like a self-parody. Like he plays schlubby, not that 
intentionally funny guys a lot. And then he just is one, I think. So he's talking about a wishing well and I stole a wish. That's how I got oh, to be man. Mario. We could rehash this. We could. I know we back, already did an episode about we this. We did. Look it up, everyone. Chris Pratt Chris emergency Pratt. episode. Yeah. Anytime you want us to talk to you about Chris Pratt and how we feel, we'll do it. But... He's in a new movie, Thor Four: Love and Thunder. Jurassic Park again. Jurassic too? Park. Yeah. Jurassic Park World Three. It's Jurassic Park Six. Jurassic World Three. It's coming. He's around. And I don't want to think about them. I want to think about our guests. The two girls from Transparency. They they made mention of a some sort of a ghost icon or oh, some it's kind very of cute. logo. I want a sticker of it. All right, I'll make you one. Yeah. Got a tape and a marker drawing. That's awesome. All right, let's kick it over to him. I've got that transparency, that TRN sweet parency, two trans girls talking to me. You got that conversation they need. So I'm here with Alicia and Kiki from Transparency, who suddenly were able to make time to talk to me in the middle of the day. Thanks so much for, for being on the show. Yeah, of course. Anytime. <laughs> you're, hey, so giggly. you're so giggly. You're so you're, you're, you're delightfully giggly. You've been <laughs> giggling throughout our, our pre-show talk. And it's, it's so nice. It spreads such good cheer. I feel like I should laugh more. You know how there's a stereotype where people often say to women, you should smile more. You should laugh more. That's how I feel oh, yeah. about myself. I feel like I need to, to loosen up and, and just enjoy the moment like you two seem to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think uh, at the moment we, we just finished a, a long project that has been arduous and, and terrible, really. <laughs> Really? Um, yeah. So, so today is like the first free day, basically. Yeah, I described it the other day. Yes, basically, we had Thursday for two months. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> That's brutal. Never reaching Friday. Yeah, it's it was brutal. So today we were just out. We we got ice cream. We we got a we got a burger <laughs> and Aww. a lemonade. And it sounds like you two do a lot together. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But before we do, I just want to introduce what you do. You are a duo who make videos about media, often video games, but sometimes you'll step out of that. You did a video on Moomin that did pretty good numbers. Yeah. It uh, was really well received. And you've been doing this for a couple of years, if I understand that right. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, like it's most of video games, but... Sometimes we just go out of the comfort zone, I guess. Moomin, especially, that's that's Kiki's uh, entire thing, basically. <laughs> and Kiki is often furry. And uh, it, it seems to be uh, an adorable a... furry friend. Fur circles for a lot of years, yeah. So we, in the recent video that we released yesterday... About Star uh, Fox. About Star Fox, yes. I sat with Alicia in a fursuit for the entire duration of the video. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a two hour long video and I'm sure you shot more than that before you edited it down. So that is quite a summer fursuit experience, I think. We recorded that in like early May, I think. Oh, okay. So it was a bit earlier. Which, earlier. Wait, which the, like the, the on camera. The on camera stuff, did we? Wasn't that the last? It like, wasn't summer. It I wasn't have summer. no idea how like this vi video feels like a fever dream, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Oh, God. It's a heck of a video. And it is one of many where, as you said, you put yourself out there. You get out of your comfort zone. I think that just doing a YouTube channel called Transparency, where you're going to invite a lot of people who are going to think of you as trans first and i mm. haven't seen a lot of your videos i didn't take it that way being trans is part of who you are yeah. but for those who haven't seen any of your videos yet you're gonna get a lot of people who say i want to hear from trans voices and you're also going to get people who are like i'm a jerk to trans people and you did a jk rowling video which is i mean <laughs> i i did i've said just the mildest of criticisms against JK Rowling and yeah. me being cis, I am like protected from a lot of the, the transphobia, trans misogyny that you, you probably get. And even I had to deal with people being like, 
well, maybe you need to listen to her a little bit more for, for months. And yeah, you just jumped right into the lion's den. I want to hear about both the choice to call your channel transparency and the choice to continue to kind of fight. Uh, I think it's fair to say that your, your JK Rowling video is fighting for defending trans people. I want to hear about both yeah. those choices. Do you want to start or should I? Uh, so the name transparency comes from uh, originally we wanted to make like a little talk show, not not an actual talk Actually show. Actually like, not unlike this one. Yeah, oh, where, really? we, yeah. where we spotlighted trans people. So we came up with the name transparency as like a way of peering into people's lives a bit or something. I don't remember. Yeah, like people uh, opening up. It was like a, yeah. a pun and we really liked the name. And sure. then we never made that. We instead made a YouTube channel and we just had the name. So we used yeah. that basically. Hmm. And we made a little uh, ghost character. Yes, we made a little ghost the, the, because ghosts like, are transparent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically it. I think what's really interesting though about it all is that we have a lot of people who mention that they didn't even realize that the transparency was like the name was referring to us being trans Hmm. and then there are plenty of people who are like have watched our videos for like several months and then they're like wait you're trans (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like yeah yes that's true like we we uh we get a like surprisingly little transphobic comments in general Hmm. like trans misogyny and so on like it's surprisingly little considering we have trans in the name yeah and we're very (laughs) uh i would say that we have a tendency to to want to provoke uh, a little bit yeah i wanted to ask about that too and we can focus on the jk rowling video or we could focus many other places i was looking through your metroid video and i think there's a chapter in it which is called Fusion is the best F U, something like that. <laughs> no, the F, the F is in there. I don't know. It, if is, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so you you will go down the creative path and then reach a crossroads where you're like, are we gonna say it? Are we gonna are we gonna reel it in a little bit and be like, we prefer fusion? Or are you <laughs> gonna be like F U? Tell me about that. The metric video was actually like a big turning point to us because that video did get some, uh, some backlash. backlash not a lot but... not a lot no and mm. and the funny part about that is that basically we didn't really criticize metroid that much apart from how the story has been tacked on and on and on to itself in weird ways uh but we got a lot of people who like interpreted that as us like not liking games such as metro prime and such which is not true basically as mentioned that in passing (laughs) saying like it's a bit goofy that ridley appears like five times in these games like so what happened was that we kind of after that we pivoted to to being like well maybe we should be more positive so we have actually made a lot more videos that focus more on the good rather than the bad yeah and i Um, I think what's interesting about that too is that like we we've always wanted to uh like i said before we wanted to provoke people and uh i think it's kind of funny about video games and pop culture in, in general that it's kind of easy to provoke people by being positive as well. Like you you can just, one of our favorite phrases that we have just started using a lot to refer to very special video games, video games that are not necessarily the... Uh, what, the what, cream of the crop. Yeah, the cream of mm. the crop. What's usually, what usually people talk about and say like, oh, this is the best thing. And we have the phrase where we say, it's coincidentally the best game ever made. So we say that about Doshin the Giant, Donkey Kong Country 3, and like games that are a bit weird or maybe maligned and so on. And that's just a way of like poking on people for being a bit mean about them. Oh, interesting. So it's, again, defending and protecting. It's a little protective. It's a little... Yeah, it's very protective. I like that because... uh... We have started thinking a lot about the idea of just kind of making videos defending games that haven't really had uh, 
it just kind of happens. A, a nice rap. Mm. Yeah. A lot of bad raps. Yeah, it just kind of happens. Like Star Fox Command is the the latest one. Like people just hate that one. Like with a with a passion. Like it's 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 unreasonable how how mad people are about it. And we are like, no, actually, this is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a lot of people that I know personally, anyway, who I'm certain would agree Star Fox Command for folks who don't know is the DS game where mm, they yeah. brought Q games back. So the creator, one of the co-creators of Star Fox, uh, Dylan Cuthbert, I believe his name is. Yes. He yeah. came back in and it looks like the SNES game crossed with the N64 game. And yeah. it's got some strategy elements where you have to direct your ships around on a touchscreen map. And it's got like nine endings and it's got fish people and it's got crystal flying a ship, if I remember yeah. correctly. It's a really great game, but it was different yeah, and it got it maligned. Different. And you were different. <laughs> you two are different. Oh, we in, are different. In a, in a wonderful true. way. So I'm wondering, where do you get the courage I'll go as far as to call it courage to be willing to defend and protect games and also be ready to protect yourself for protecting mm. these games and be different <laughs> on YouTube. Being different on YouTube is not always a fun experience. There's a lot, mm. of, a lot of mean yeah. stuff. There's a lot of people in games in general, I find, who don't feel that bad about being awful to people. And I think there's a lot that's kind of grown mm. into game culture as it's developed over the past 30 or 40 years, where it's kind of like the games come first, the people come second. You can be a jerk to people as long as it's under the blanket of the games community. But you, you've you both had a lot of guts to come out and be yourselves and, and have hot takes and yeah. <laughs> be be ready for what, what comes next. Where does that courage come from? It is kind of fun because... Uh... That's a little bit the thing we discovered because being mean to a game will mm, have people who like the game kind of get defensive. Being nice to a game, I haven't noticed as much uh, instances or people kind of riling against you because mm. I think it is harder to go against someone liking something than them not liking something. Yeah. Mm. It's like... Yeah. Of course, we still get comments, but I I feel that this like the positivity angle kind of kind of kills it. You know, <laughs> it's it's like it's uh, I, infectious. I think, I think a bit of it is also that we don't really care, like enough. <laughs> no. no, but like it, it's kind of like at some point, I, I think our our entire angle is just like okay. Every time we talk about a, a video game or a movie or anything, we want to have. A new take on it mm. like we, we we don't just want to repeat like it's easy to make uh, a star fox video where you're just like yeah assault kind of sucks and star fox 64 is the best one and command is shit and all that stuff like it's mm -hmm. easy it's so easy but if you really try to engage with video games on a uh, on their terms and in different angles i think that stuff is really interesting mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, like being different in that way, I think it's just kind of, it's just kind of easy to just not care uh, and, and almost be uh, rebellious to the point where you start reading up on it because you, you really want to see what people think. And mm -hmm. then you see that the people just repeat themselves. Mm. Like it's the same comments every time. It's always the same thing being repeated. And you're like, no, you know what? The more I read here, the more I think I'm correct. And the more <laughs> I believe, I believe that I want to like rile against this thing. Mm. That's right? wonderful. It's, it's so I think that there's a lot of folks in games that want absolute truths because they're insecure mm. and yeah. are afraid. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong for loving these games? What if? What if I can't just label a game good or bad based on what the popular consensus is? What if I'm alone in my own opinion? And yeah. the, that fear motivates people to really want to stamp out almost like hammering a nail down, anything that sticks up to make it not so smooth for them to just kind of breezily 
without much introspection, consider that the games that they play are, are good or not. And you, you're, you're gleefully sticking up a little bit, sticking out on, on purpose sometimes because it's more interesting that way and it's more true that way. But the fact that you say it's easy to just go with the grain, it certainly is, mm-hmm. but it doesn't sound like it would be easy for you to do that. It doesn't sound like if you were to just go with the grain, it would feel right to you. And it begs a question I should have asked earlier, how you two got together on this and who your audience really okay. is in your mind. Is it each other or is it any particular ideal viewer or is it both? Me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> she pointed towards me. Like we can uh, start like the, from the beginning. How did we, how did it all come together? Yeah. So you both you and me did small Swedish YouTube channels before that had very few views. Well, you had more than me. Uh, so we had previous experience. We kind of had kind of done the very reviewerish uh, format, and we kind of wanted to make something more long form uh, assists. So I had a couple pre-written scripts that alicia saw and wanted to make into videos and that kind of became a thing and we basically just kind of made them for ourselves mm-hmm. in in that regard where it's just like we have ideas that we want to to share we're not really sure who's gonna listen and and that's the funny part because we have built an audience over time that's um maybe not the one we expected many mm-hmm. times because they come from many different directions based on what we talk about. And that's the funny part where like uh, you can decide to make a video about Bal and Wonderworld and why that game is fine. And then suddenly you are backed by the Bal and Wonderworld <laughs> fandom and they now watch your stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like that, that approach where like, have a lot of furries too we do have a lot of furries yeah. yes uh, but, but idea of like the audience basically being maybe the people who want this video in particular and then maybe we don't go back to that subject um yeah, but sporadic. hopefully uh some of the people who we touched will stay with us and we have a lot of dedicated like people who are watching yeah who right have caught on to our like weird idiosyncrasies and stuff like mm-hmm. the, the the stuff that we repeat and how we how we uh, present things i suppose yeah the whole thing is to like kiki and i like we we have kind of different backgrounds but it's they're, they're both like rooted in philosophy kiki has a lot of uh, art she has um, she has gone to school for uh, a bunch of different uh, art, art history stuff. and stuff. Yes, yeah. art history mm-hmm. and, and such. And I uh, have uh, read social psychology and stuff like that. So, so like it just kind of comes with with that territory, I guess, where we just kind of apply uh, that f- philosophical thinking on on video games in in a way that I think is quite different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since we live together we basically talk to each other every day about these things and it just kind of forms yeah, <laughs> on its we're, own. We're in a one-room apartment. Yeah, it's impossible. Working from home, we probably... <laughs> we're probably in each other's company too much, maybe. Well, uh, maybe. I don't want to presume too much, but, <laughs> you know, please. I don't know what the definition of love is, but... <laughs> uh-huh. I think one could define it as we live in a one bedroom apartment and make <laughs> YouTube videos together each and every day and spent yeah. two months working on one that was painful and arduous yes. and we did it together. And then when we finished, we got ice cream and burgers. That could be yes. a definition of love that I would, I would use. Very much. Very much. Yeah, so. I so, like that. That's a good way of putting it. I like and, it. And yes. people want to share in that. So you... It doesn't sound like you would do these videos in this way anyway, without each other. You do them for each other, with each other, and you invite people in to your relationship in a sense where you get to hang out and think a lot about video games in a very 
pro-social way, both art history and social psychology, of course, they require empathy and the ability to value somebody else's perspective other than your own. And you both give that perspective and take it from each other and share it with the world. It's just fantastic what you're doing. I'm so happy you're out there making videos. I have to wrap up. I'm late for a day job meeting. I'm going to get caught doing podcasts during my day job. But is there anything Uh final we should talk about before I run away? Oh, is there anything else? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, it, it, it won't have to be the last time you can come on next time yeah yeah no we'll, absolutely we'll prepare rare. a little bit you'll Very. talk about a big project it'll be so yeah. fun and i'm gonna promote the heck out of you as as oh, well yeah. as i can anyway with my audience for what it is in the okay. show notes and the twitter and the everywhere else i can so it's gonna be great all those things. we have a cat that we can say that jessica is the cat. real star uh of the youtube channel She's like the the glue that holds everything together. What's your cat's uh, name? Yusika. Yusika. Uh, yeah, it's based on um, that the uh, Hungarian yeah. comic book character from the mid twentieth century. Yeah, that has been floating around on on Twitter for a while. It's just a funny little name. <laughs> <laughs> and what a funny little time we've had! Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. Thank you, too. It was great. I think I already mentioned it in the clip, but I got those two lovely ladies to be on the show like two hours after I asked them. Whoa! I took a break in the middle of my day job and just like, a quick Zoom call with strangers in Sweden. Pretty sure they're in Sweden. And they did it, and they did such an amazing job with no preparation, filled with ice cream and hamburger. Burgers and and ice cream. And love. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So another spur of the moment, Loose Lips event, was Yuji Naka, one of the creators of Sonic the Hedgehog. He was the producer of the Sonic the Hedgehog series. I don't think he was from the very start, but pretty early on in the series, he became like the Sonic guy. And then he created this character called Knights who is as close to a drag icon as video games really get. Knight is a sort of genderless, Hmm. giant head, sort of a clown, incredibly tight body, like a butt you could bounce a quarter off of. Whoa. Never really talked about. Huge eyes can fly anywhere. It's just like the joy of flying the video game. Just just swimming through a dream. Beautiful. Then he made a game called Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. That's like one of my favorite Yuji Naka games. It's like one of your favorite games, Katamari Damashi, except instead of rolling up a Katamari, you're rolling up an egg and the egg gets bigger and bigger and then you like beat dinosaurs over the head with it. Whoa! Then it can hatch into like a cute little friend. Oh! Then you just get another egg, roll it up, make it big, go around. sounds right up my alley. Yeah, Billy Hatcher's the tits. Whoa! Who are you? (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody knows who I am, especially me. And he's fallen upon tough times. I've liked a lot of his games. He made this other series called uh, Ivy the Kiwi. Mm -hmm. It was like one game, but then he ported it and changed it a little bit to a different console here and there. He made a game called Let's Tap, the future tapping game. Okay. All you do is tap. Tap dead ass. (laughs) There's not actually any ass ass tapping. It was a Wii exclusive. You had to put the Wii remote on a box that came with it. Uh And then you tap on the box to make the Wii remote just shake. To like, you know, run or fly or... Interesting. You like carve something. I bought it. Did you have to use the specific box or could you just use a box? They were like, use our box, please. If you want to play the game right... Tanya, it's what Yuji Naka would have said to you. Oh, the box, the box didn't have a special power. Not to me. I just shook the controller. I, I used it with the box once. I was like, hey, I'm just going to hold it. I'm not going to tap. I'm going to shake. Let's shake is how I played it, which I think is also a, a Wii game. And he also made a game called Let's Catch, where all you do is play catch. Oh, that's it, sort of adorable. It, it's I, I loved it. I reviewed it on Destructoid.com when it first came out. I compared it to Hitchcock's The Birds which people didn't see coming. And <laughs> it's a pretty good game. It's when you play catch with these strangers, they open up to you about their lives. They say like, oh, nice to meet you, stranger. Throw the ball, catch the ball. 
Throw the ball, catch the ball. Throw the ball, catch the ball. Throw the ball, catch the ball. Uh, I think my dad wants a divorce from my mom. Throw the ball, catch the ball. They just don't love each other, my parents. They just start telling you about their friggin' lives. Are these real people? No. Oh. And then aliens come down at the end and say, we've watched you've been playing catch, and we're thinking about sparing the human race because you've had such great conversations. (laughs) But first, play catch with us on the moon, and you got to do it. Wow. Yeah, nobody saw it coming. Yuji Naka. That's his career in a nutshell, as far as I'm concerned. His most recent game, Wonder Balan, Wonder World, I think it's called. People hated it. He felt bad about it. Everyone feels bad about it, except for like a few people whom our lovely guests on Transparency said appreciate their appreciation for hmm. Wonder World. Wonder World? Balan and Wonder World? I always forget the name of it. It's another character that looks kind Wonder of Wonder Wall. Nice. Wonder Wall. That's a, that's a joke. Oh, from the uh, the British rock group, the yeah. super group. Oasis. Oasis. Oh, I hate that group so much. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. Me too. Yuji Naka suddenly announced on Twitter, and I'm paraphrasing here, he said something along the lines of, what the hell? They took the Michael Jackson music out of Sonic 3? That sucks ass, is essentially what he said. Oh. Nobody knew for sure that it was Michael Jackson music in Sonic 3. I mean, some people are out there saying it was confirmed. It was confirmed. I never saw it confirmed. I heard people say, yes, Michael was consulted and Michael was involved, but never like explicitly said that is Michael Jackson music in Sonic the Hedgehog 3. He and his loose lips let the mystery out of the bag. And it was his game? Yeah, he worked on it, so it's like, he wouldn't have said that if it weren't true. So so essentially, people can't, they can't say, oh, he's just making that shit up. I mean, they could say that, but it's as credible a source as possible. And it's interesting to people that he kept it a secret all this time, but then just suddenly it was like, ah, I don't care anymore. It sort of says, like, I don't care about ever working with Sega again because Sega wanted to keep it a secret apparently I'm probably just never going to work again like people are seeing it as just sort of a a bucket list sort of tossing that info dump yeah and just forgetting about his career because after Balan Wonderworld sort of over for Yuji Naka but what a way to go with your last big headline moment yeah being that you just let that shit out good for you Yuji people say he's a real jerk but you know how people are. Yeah, they're also jerks. And and some, we have good days and bad days. Some people bring out the best in us. Some people bring out the worst in us. That's right. And Megan Fox has always made me a little nervous because she's so cool. But she was also somebody who was willing to be on the show sort of spur the moment. Mm. And she's the kind of person I think Yuji Naka could learn a thing or two from. Let's find out. She probably feels so weird about being sad. <laughs> but it's true. Let's let's find out from Megan. Megan, 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 Megan Fox. I'm here with the one and only Megan Fox, the only Megan Fox that matters, at least to me. <laughs> and uh, it's been years since we've talked. We talked, I want to say maybe seven years ago on a Jesus, was it that long i know you were an up-and-coming video game developer i think you'd worked on a lego game like a big old lego game i haven't watched yeah, that episode in a yeah. while yeah we talked more about that you had started making your own games a little bit and now you've made skatebird which is yes. uh, which is huge people <laughs> people know skatebird people love skatebird people are like skatebird and then they're like Skatebird once they get in there. They got to get in there. I've been encouraged people to get in there for a while. So how has it been since last we talked? How has well, your life changed? How are your dreams? <laughs> Sorry, Gosh, my dreams, that's a big question. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> last time we talked would have been like Hot Tin Roof era, I mm-hmm. think, which was the side-scrolling. They were little people, but I think someone thought they were a candy bar. Like that level of art. And that one That's didn't right. sell. I mean, that one like barely broke even, but really barely. And you got to really squint at the numbers to convince yourself it broke even. 
we're in an escape road, of course, we did a lot better. Like we almost, once all of the invoices that we have out have been paid and all store monies that we know about have actually hit our account, we will actually have made over a million bucks with skateboards. Wow, so that's, over. that's a cool wow. number. That's well, like just, just barely, like it's somewhere in that range. When you're talking about a million dollars, I don't think anyone really cares, but yeah, we'll have made approximately a million dollars in a hundred and point three five. Yeah, no, just something around there, but we're going to cross the line, which is awesome. Yeah, that's great. It, it, has your life totally changed? So first of all, let's clarify that making a million dollars with a project doesn't mean that I personally have a million dollars because... First of all, the porters get a big cut because they did awesome work on all the console stuff. So all the console money flows through them, they take their cut. And then it flows through all of our team cuts because everyone who put in a lot of time on Skatebird got a a revenue share, not just a profit share, Mm. which means they get a cut of all money coming in, period. And once you get to that, I get a much smaller cut. So I personally am not a millionaire. I am... I was able to pay off my house, which is not in the Bay Area, but that's still really cool levels of money and just barely but still that's like a huge thing so yes it was life-changing in the sense that very few people can say their art let them pay off their house but also it was like just barely so now i'm in this weird position where i cool skater let me pay off the house and oh i probably shouldn't have taken quite that much out so oh we better better cut back on expenses for a while and buy the generics it's like it's a very weird position to be in but also really good so yeah <laughs> when we last talked uh in, in voice anyway we've we've tweeted at each other off and on for, for years yeah. but you were in a very similar spot you were like well i'm running a business but i also just love everyone so everyone i work with i give them a big cut of all the things but i want to survive but i don't need that much money to survive i'll be fine i'll just eat a little and have a small place and and it sounds like through all of your trials and tribulations all the things you've learned and this massive sales success you're still living in this space where it's like it just sounds like you don't value getting rich enough to get rich even though you're kind of massive success (laughs) well okay there's a lot of levels of success. Like if you look at the numbers for, you know, Celeste, Celeste mm. sold a shitload more than we did. If you look mm. at something like Visceral Cleanup Detail, if you go back a little bit further, if you look at a game like Dust Force was one of the ones that put out their numbers back when that was cool. And they were in the era where Humble Bundles were a big thing. Like if you look at those games, we didn't sell those kind of numbers. So there is a level of wealthy above us. Mm. But also when you look at most of those games, they would have had a team of, probably three full-timers at least Mm. and when you divvy more money up across for people i I don't know how it works and and then in my case i was the only full-timer on the project until like maybe at the very end when sarah started putting in at least near full-time work on the art Um, oh wow so i had a lot of people helping but it was a lot of (laughs) many hens may like the work and uh, all of us together can move a mountain that whole thing which is just kind of how my scale works, like on our current project, which is, I haven't announced or anything, I won't for a while. Mm, yeah. We have an animator and the animator has put together this amazing fucking character and it's looking amazing and I'm so happy about it. And we're sitting such a higher art bar and he invoiced us and it was a week. He's done like a week of time. That's it. Mm. And the character is amazing. And we've been working on the game for six months or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so when you look at the amount of time that it, the games of our scope take from other people we just tend not to need or it just doesn't make sense to do full time since we just don't need that much Mm. so again that that kind of influences how you value relative skills but yes within the scope we have done well but also no i don't really value getting wealthy paying (laughs) off the house that's the biggest i was ever going to imagine i still only like when i look at what i pay myself in terms of survival costs i still only pay myself about two thousand a month 20 21 50 Oh, uh, that's, you know, that's <laughs> that mm, I'm worried about you and also like proud of you and jealous of you all at the same time. That's well, incredible. That's so well, again. Also remember that I don't live alone. I live with a partner because of that. I can run closer to the metal than a studio that was operated by someone who was living alone. 
because I mean, if they have a lean month, there is no spouse to back them up. Mm. Whereas if I have a lean month, I can go, oh, hey, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to be kind of short on rent this week. No, oh, yeah, yeah, we can, we can make it work. Like there's at least some flex there. There's less, there was less, a lot less flex the further you go back, but even a month, sometimes a month lets you run a lot closer than you could otherwise. So there is that. I have a lot of uh, privilege whenever you talk about that, but also, yeah, most people would pay themselves more and, you know, I don't travel really when I do travel. I'm I, like, I'm going to go see my grandma and I'm going to go to the coast this week, this in a couple of weeks, but I'm not going to fly. I'm going to drive, which used to be cheaper, but now it's like more expensive. So that's a little frustrating, but still sure. is cheaper than flying. And yeah. we're going to go to a little, uh, I, I don't want to say it's off grid, but it's like very much cheaper Airbnb in a town you've never heard of next to no touristy stuff whatsoever, other than small town stuff. Like that's how I vacation. I don't go to, I've never been to Europe. I've, I've, mm. I've been to Japan for medical tourism. Well, oh. Thailand through Japan, but oh. like, that's, <laughs> I don't really travel in the sense that like rich people travel. I, I, don't like expensive food. I don't go to the city and go to the nice restaurants. When I do, I feel like the country mouse wandering in and overalls like, hey, y'all got burgers? It's, uh, I don't, <laughs> I am not classy. <laughs> so you, you, you are, yeah. you're the epitome of class in my opinion, because class, <laughs> true class is about values and you value things that matter. I, but I wanted to ask, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What is it that you are valuing these days? Is it the same stuff you were valuing back in the hot tent roof days? Is it different now, or is it essentially the same? And what is it that you value most in what you do? Well, in terms of like the like selfish personal internal values, it's going to be mostly being able to live on my own terms and live somewhere that I find pleasant, which is out in the middle of nowhere and greenery, uh, feed birds, have pets, that kind of thing. Mm. That's mostly what I care about that. And then living well within that context, which doesn't mean like fancy food. That means growing up, my mom's sense of rich was we could go to the movies whenever we wanted to without thinking about it. Or we could go to the movies and we never got to the point of buying snacks without thinking about it, but we could go to the movies without thinking about it anytime we wanted. And that was like her value of wealthy. My value of wealthy is essentially the same. And I can buy snacks. I can buy snacks at the movie theater. Anytime I go to the movie theater, if I want snacks, I can buy snacks. I don't got to, I don't got to sneak them into the movie theater anymore. I still sneak them into the movie theater because I'm a cheap ass, but I don't have to. So that's my level of personal values. But in terms of like extrinsic, social values, uh, valuing people, being people first, uh, operating as an ethical company, uh, not screwing over those I work with, trying to make sure that I deal forthrightly with those I do work with, which means not profit motive, uh, not profit motive beyond all else. Mm. Uh, if I can make money with them, awesome, but we all need to make money, not just me. And mm. I need to make money in a way that they don't find out two years later that, oh shit, they made that much. That's not fair. Like, no, I, I don't, I don't do that. So when you see Elon Musk, make, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> Straight up. He's a piece of shit. All billionaires are essentially pieces of shit because they're still billionaires. But that aside, Elon is a particularly large piece of shit. Oh, he's, he's just, he's just out there doing it. No shame. In no. fact, some uh, weird sort of pride. So, you know, something I like to do is I try to, see if people intentionally or unintentionally made their games at all autobiographical. And Megan, the way you describe your life, you're just an innocent little bird. <laughs> you just want to be out there with your friends trying to make something happen. You're going to fall down sometimes. You're going to double jump sometimes. But the point is that you are a true innocent self out in the world just trying to live and have fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll take that read. I love the skateboard. I didn't talk about it very much other than just yelling about how I yell about it. But for those who haven't played it and you've listened through this whole thing, you should know that skateboard is the most earnest and honest skateboarding game I've ever played. Because if you get out on a skateboard right now, folks, and try to do a flip kick or an ollie 
or one of the other tricks, you're probably going to fall down a few times. And Skatebird, I fell down many times. I played it with my five-year-old, now six-year-old son, and we fell down a lot. But after sticking with it, we were pulling off amazing tricks and the amount of height we were able to get and jumping across the fans. Why don't the reviews talk about the fans, Megan? And level <laughs> two, so fun to build up speed and suddenly poof, you're flying like a bird. Thanks to the fans. And then getting on a fan in order to get a tape, all these cassette tapes in the game with great music on it that he selected. Just a, just a wonderful game that... I got the sense after not having talked to you in real life for a while, but when I played it, I was like, Megan made this. This is, this is a Megan game, 100%. Shout out to the bands we worked with. We Are the Union, Illicit Nature, and Grave Danger. We also worked with a group called Holy Wow, but if you Google Holy Wow, you'll get the wrong one. You're looking for the Holy Wow that made Trombone, I think it's Trombone Champ is the game. <laughs> They're a game developer who was also a, a music creator that's the one you're looking for but yeah they were all great yeah <laughs> so all the music in skatebird was composed by nathan madsen you can find his work on the internet on bandcamp he's done music for all of our games he's awesome people need to know that i mean megan i just gave you a long review and a compliment and then you didn't even say a word about yourself i think your first <laughs> word was the music was and just rattled off who did the music that you like so much that I like so much. So people should know that people who make video games are sometimes extremely empathetic and pro-social. It is not just a world of people who want to avoid people. Sometimes it's a world of people making games because they actually want to communicate with people and like people that they work with. It's you. I would say that's true for a lot of folks who run small studios. Uh, a lot of us are also antisocial in the sense that we don't operate well in the big room, but mm. usually from our own quiet room somewhere else, we still wish you the best. It's just some of us won't work all that well when we're up in front of you going, uh, how do I talk like human? And yeah. Yeah, you are a wonderful speaker, but you are someone who cares a lot about other people and therefore it can be a little tense when you're trying to talk to them and maybe worrying, am I doing this right? Am I doing what they like? Sometimes being empathetic makes it harder to be social, I find. Yeah, I try my best and just <laughs> hopefully people understand what I'm getting at. Usually they seem to. Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. I sure do. And I also like it when you correct me. You once corrected me about game marketing and I learned a lot I from it. Oh yeah, yeah. I was saying game marketing these days and I was thinking of like AAA marketing. Like sometimes you don't need it. Look at Undertale. And you were like, let me explain. The whole Undertale <laughs> thing. That wasn't not marketing. That was marketing tailored to the kind of game they were going to get. He was a big success through the earthbound community and he marketed his game through that and blah, blah. you gave me the whole rundown so you're you're not always as i've been you know uh, as they say blowing a lot of sunshine up oh i also blow a lot of sunshine in passes <laughs> like a lot of times i'm just talking out of my ass but uh, <laughs> law of averages i seem to be right at least enough that people assume that when i'm blowing stuff out of my ass that it's also true and hopefully that'll hold we'll we'll see <laughs> I have nothing but faith in you. You've come so far and you're only going to get better as you go. Now you've got an animator you're all excited about. Yeah. 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 Things are going to go great. So, so Megan, I, I promise not to keep you past your quitting time, which is in two minutes. Anything you want to sign off on us with? Uh, trans rights or human rights. Sounds great. <laughs> Couldn't be more true. Megan, thanks so much for being on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. Bird on a skateboard, bird on a skateboard, bird on a skateboard, what a fun game. So lucky and thankful to have Megan on the show. And Megan said she'd come back, so that's always fun. That's great. After we stopped recording, I was like, oh, I got... Megan told me before we started recording, she's like, you're going to have to shut me up. I like to talk. I'm a passionate speaker. And I think Megan, though she didn't say this, I think she also gets in the moment when she's speaking and isn't too nervous while she's speaking. Well, when she stops speaking, she takes a breath and is like, oh shit, am I doing this right? I can relate with her, as you can probably tell. And therefore, if she just keeps going, she doesn't have to take those breaks and feel feel anxious. But then she was so kind of just keep talking to me like a friend after we were done recording and told me what she's been up to lately, which is just playing Skyrim mods. She's Ooh. working on her new game and working on patches for Skatebird. But then 
told me, and I'm, I'm sorry, Megan, you I, you had me memorize it so I could talk about it on the show, and now I cannot. <laughs> I think it was the... Fucked wa- it up again, Jonathan. Wajmik, Wajmijmi, Wajmijmi. I think it was that. Waj, Nexus. It was, it was the Waj. And first you get that Waj. You get that hot wadge on your rig, <laughs> on your computer, your your PC, and then that. Then you, then you load it. You load that load and <laughs> get it going. And then that allows you to download all the mods from Septimus 3 using the Nexus mods. That stuff I got right, I think. The anniversary edition? It's the wadge. I'm blanking on the right words. About this mod. Oh, do you want to read about the mod? I don't know if this is correct. This is what Megan's been doing. She said Skyrim is all new to her because this mod, I believe it is 90 different mods in a mod. Whoa. So many mods in a mod. The Septimus 3 Anniversary Edition Expanded Edition. Did you want me to read it or not? About this mod. Why don't you just read about this mod? Okay, about this mod. Yeah. Septimus is an extensive mod list full of carefully chosen new gear, spells, quests, and personal touches, all designed to fit seamlessly into the game. It also contains optional lightweight survival gameplay and full anniversary edition creation club support. It is designed to look beautiful while maintaining... Maintaining? Mm. Oh, that's tough. (laughs) (laughs) A stable 60-plus... And you could read that as frame rate. It's frame rate. It's frame rate. It's not frame rate. You don't think about frame rates too much. So it took her like three hours to download this mod. Wow. But she's loving it. She's wandering around. She said there's giant. Sometimes you you see a character who's created by a fan. And it's like that fan is a fan of service. They like fan service. There's some service for the fans right there. And other times you see another character and you're like, oh. That's just like a real Skyrim character asking you to do a new quest. And it's like a whole new... No. You don't even know what Skyrim is. Sorry about that. It's a big open world I sort of know around. that. I sort of yeah, knew that. Yeah. You get the idea. I'm glad that we had all these people on the show and I think we know about Loose Lips now. Because <laughs> I certainly had them. You have them. I do. I... Man, sometimes I'll even say to people... I really should just, you know, I, I'll just keep talking and talking mm. and I'm trying to stop myself. Sometimes I think it might make me seem a little more authentic that I'm being real about this. But mm. then I'm also like, I could be really annoying right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that empathy piece to the loose lipsness. When you've got the empathy, you worry that people don't like what you're giving them. But when you've got the excitement about the people, then you just start talking some more. It's a tough life. To be a talker, who cares? You know what they say, though. Snitches get stitches. (laughs) I think that's a different... Oh, I guess loose lips might also have to do with just being someone who gives away the secrets of the army. Yeah. The the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines. Or just as a tattletale. Oh, just someone who's ratting the rat. That's like in right. that Johnny Depp movie. Like in that Johnny Depp Scarface video game. <laughs> the red is uh <laughs> bada bing. My, my cocaine. <laughs> that sucks. That dream sucked. Check I woke out up. my gun. <laughs> I woke up from that dream thinking, like, this feels so real that I hate my dream and my real life. <laughs> Yo, Both Jonathan. were just so bad. Yeah, Johnny. Oh, I you know, I um it can't be worse than the dream I had the other day Whoa. in which I dreamed that my boss won a Microsoft contest <laughs> for, for creating the best PowerPoint slide ever yeah. in the history of mankind. And I was a judge and I was saying <laughs> about my boss's slide, it's it's sleek and it's simple, yet creative and inspiring. Like I was kissing my boss's ass in my dream. Oh my god! And then you wake up and you've got to do some of that stuff in real life. I'm like the the PowerPoint slide is impeccable. <laughs> this is a woman who adds an H to to after W's that don't belong there, like writing, or I wrote the the letter. She's a wonderful person. I do love my boss actually. She's a kind- Good-hearted soul. We I love her. her but, I love her. Uh, she has uh, certain traits that leak into your brain, apparently. And then your waking life and your dreaming life kind of meld into one. And let's just hope this dream doesn't turn into too much of a nightmare moving forward. No shit. Today is a nightmare. Yeah. It's a bad day. 
This is Friday, by This the way. is Friday. But we're going to do our best to keep it light, keep it happy, keep you feeling connected to us through our loose lips. And we're going to move on and end the episode already. I know. Uh, Jonathan, what you got going on right now? What are you working on? I've been babbling about this lock-on project for many episodes of this show in a row. And this time, for real, they said June 29th, getting announced. Talk to my old friend Stephanie Sterling. Let them know your card. They're going to have their own trading card and their interview. Going to get announced. And I recommend that, that everybody who buys one of these issues of lock-on get the trading card full free. We'll see if they actually do it. Okay. And I'm hoping so. So by the time this is out, get ready for that lock-on announcement. And if you like me or Stephanie at all, it's a must-buy. Okay. No, not to uh, toot my own horn. But yeah. I... This is one of the times we, we, we did it right. For sure. I can say that I've had sneak peeks. Oh, yeah. And it is right. It's oh, just right. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. Just interviewed, I think. I sent the questions. Their PR said we're doing it. But you never know until the actual stuff comes back. Just interviewed somebody who worked on the new River City Saga Three Kingdoms game. Taking the River City Ransom franchise into the Romance of the Three Kingdoms good old days Chinese warfare premise? So that'll be in the next Good Nintendo old Force. days. <laughs> well, those good what? old days. Chinese warfare yeah, and three Nothing kingdoms. like them. <laughs> nothing like them. I'm nostalgic for those days of war. Yeah. In the olden Chinese times. Yeah, it, you know, for some reason, particularly in Japan as far as I can tell, but also in China, there is like a love of this era the Romance of the Three Kingdoms era with Nobunaga is a Chinese general fighting against the different generals. Like, you know how in the United States, like, there's a lot of romanticism of George Washington and Benjamin Franklin and Abraham Lincoln. I'm just like... There is? Yeah, they like, like, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter and stuff like that. You see George Washington and car sales and stuff like that, President's Day. For some reason, in Japan, it's often the... Chinese War of Nobunaga. Hmm. Get some, and I could be pronouncing that pretty wrong. It's a word that I read a lot, but rarely talk to anybody about. I see. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah, they made a Pokemon game about Nobunaga. Pokemon yeah. Conquest. And now they're making a River City Ransom game. I interviewed those people about that. And that'll be in the next Nintendo Force that's coming out in like two months. Hmm. So get ready. Yeah. Now. Saddle up. <laughs> And for that good old fashioned Chinese warfare. <laughs> Featuring the River City Ransom gang. Okay. That you okay, don't know about okay. those guys no, either. No, no, you're just rolling with it. Yeah, River City Ransom is about uh street punks in Japan just getting in fistfights. Oh cool. Yeah, so they took street punk fistfight and added Chinese warfare. That does sound cool, actually. It's alright, it's alright, yeah, it'll yeah. be fun. It'll be fun. And that's it for me. Enough talk, enough loose lips. Thanks, everyone, for still <laughs> listening to this show. Who, we don't know. This is, this is good. This is what you want. We don't know. We, we can't We're even stop to think. Yeah, we have a good time with it. And, we uh, do. And I just really like the guests. Yeah, I know. Like That's where it, what it all comes down to. I just said, me, 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 <laughs> do you me need like. To go, do you need to go to bed? I need a little nappy poo, for <laughs> sure. It's been a long, long life. Long couple of weeks. and a long life in general. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll see you next episode. Take care. Talking to Women About Video Games is hosted by Jonathan and Tanya, with editing and production by Daniel. Music by Jonathan and Daniel. You can support the show and get exclusive bonuses on Patreon at patreon.com ttwav. This month's Patreon money went to Fun Texas Choice, a nonprofit that pays for Texans' travel to abortion clinics. You can support them too at fundtexaschoice.org. Thanks for listening.